From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 456, and today's show is brought to you by Harry's Pen Chalet and ExpressVPN. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hey, Mike Hurley. How are you today? I'm fine and dandy, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I feel a little bit lost, not just because we're a day behind in recording, but mm-hmm. I feel like I'm doing follow-up from like two weeks ago. <laughs> Because last week's episode was just, uh, we're going to go with Chock-A-Block, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very full, fun episode, and this one is too. But there was like two or three items I didn't even get to last week that I want to make sure we get to today. But uh, bef- before that, just want to make sure you're you're good. Everything's everything's good with you? Yeah, I'm a little discombobulated because we were recording, as you say, a day late. But I, I'm, I, yep, everything's fine. It does make for a weird not everything all over the place. It's a very weird. Mm-hmm. It's very weird how just such a small change can make such a big difference. <laughs> did you have a nice break? I did. I did. I did. I took basically. I was gone for like five days, two days of travel, but like three days of just doing nothing. Like it was nice. Like so, I felt I was a little worried when it came time to make these show notes yesterday. I was like. <gasps> I'm not like dialed in. Like you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta stay dialed into the pin world, Mike, and and know what's going on. It's a so, fast moving, fast moving. But then by the time I started writing, I was like, oh yeah, like I I could I I got this. I'm I'm keeping up with everything pretty pretty well. So let's uh let's get straight into the 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 follow up. Um, Apple Boom gotcha. They got gotcha. you. It's official, Mike. Um, we knew. Well, some some of us knew that this was probably an April Fool's joke on their new ink bottles and ink names and ink product and the fancy decanter that they had. Uh, some of us, Mike, knew that it was probably an April Fool's joke. So how did you feel when they actually um, came came clean with this? Well, I mean, at that point, I'd resign myself to knowing that it was an April Fool's, right? You know, because <laughs> after it had been pointed out to me, it became pretty obvious uh, I still, I'm still frustrated about it. Mm. Pure, pure marketing stunt, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, as I said before, though, it's not, it's not the April Fools that bothers me. It's when they did it, which was not on April first. That's what continues to bother me. I'll have to follow. I'll have to follow up on that. I didn't. I didn't have time to actually follow up to see if there's any like special Dutch rules that we needed to to check into. I said I was going to do that. So, uh, good job by the Apple Boom team. Um, of course, now the the feedback was so great as anticipated. Hey, maybe they will make their own ink. the The only the only idea, like I said, is if they do, people are going to be yelling for this bottle, and they're not going to get it, are they? Unless they want to pay a lot of money for it. Yeah, that that could be the special edition, right? Like the, they'll do ten bottles of that, and you'll have to pay two hundred dollars for that bottle. But then the regular bottle will be like twenty dollars. Right? Wasn't there a company that did a really ornate bottle like this, like and it was like a thing, mm. and they were like wax sealed and all that kind of nonsense? I oh, I know I'm maybe. remembering something, but I can't remember who it was now. Yeah, there was a wax seal. Was it to, Bon? That would have been my first guess. I would put them up to it, right? They would be the ones that could do this because they already have that 
premium line, right? I think um, it was. And just to give you a bit of real-time follow-up from Marley's, mm-hmm. who's one of the mods in our Discord, who mm-hmm. is Dutch, there are no mm-hmm. such rules. There are no like particular <laughs> Dutch rules uh, okay. that would be in their um, favor at Applebaum mm. for, for the, the travesty that they committed. I See, I would disagree. I would, if there are no rules, then they're playing within the rules. No, because the mm. internationally... Uh, accepted rules of April Fools is that not only happens on April first, but in April they did an April Fool in March. <laughs> so if they just want to set a precedent for at any point during the year, they want to play a big trick on their customers, then go for it. But I don't also don't think that that was what they were going for. Gotcha. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll give you this one. I'll, I'll I'll give up the ghost on this one. Yeah, I won't and, let uh, this one lie. So, <laughs> you know, it, I, 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 unless you really care about it, I wouldn't keep coming up with additional arguments. For, yeah, on their behalf. yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, the one argue, I did settle another argument um, between you know two episodes ago and this episode, Mike is I, I did send uh, Caroline Weaver of CW. Uh, PE Caroline yep. Weaver Pencil Enterprises a cease and desist about their use of orange yes. on the new website. So I, I would write, like to re, uh, to read the letter my attorney sent to them real this, quick. This so, was Brad. Brad. Brad wrote this himself, and he was mm, so excited about it. Are you sure? Are you sure? I yeah. think this is mm. dear Caroline. I would like to take this opportunity to discuss with you the usage of the color orange in your site redesign in the online stationary realm. I am the current owner of all shades relating to and representing the color orange. (laughs) Please see to it that all images and references Uh. to this color are removed from your site post haste. If not changed by April 1st, I will have no choice but to escalate this to my legal team at Citrus Orange and Tangerine Esquire for further guidance on how to resolve this matter. (laughs) Thank you for your consideration. So yeah, I, I hope guess that I your legal it. team doesn't try and get into the stationary realm at some point, or they're going to be in hot <laughs> bother, aren't they? <laughs> they're big, big trouble, big trouble there. So uh, Caroline and I got a kick out of it. What was funny? She's like, you know, when you sent that, I had been testing out the shade of orange on the site, and it was rendering differently on different browsers and different computers. So they, Caroline, actually did change the orange to a more CWPE accurate vermilion shade. So. I, I take this as a W for me, right? Like she had to make a change to to more accurately represent the color. Um, I, I I feel like this was a win for me. Uh, I, I have um, asked my law my law team of um, uh, citrus orange tangerine to stand down. <laughs> I mean, what I would say is, if you consider what has happened here to be a win for you, then mm. I think that you deserve that win because mm. this is. Amongst the smallest of victories. Mm. I mean, I feel like I'm two for two in this episode so far, but I think you know some people might disagree. But I, I'm feeling good. So I, I, I'm actually feeling better about the Emilio Braga notebooks that I got, which was the real impetus for me talking about CWPE mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. I wanted to get those notebooks. They're super fancy and nice, and they're not that expensive. So I got to test them out. I don't know that they're going to be fountain pen friendly notebooks necessarily, right? But I am... Uh, pretty ecstatic with how they look and, and how they feel and how they're made. So so we'll do that. Third bit of follow-up. I talked with the new owners of Retro 51. Okay. This, is this different to the conversations you've had? Because I know you had a, a brief conversation before, right? Well, we've had an email chat. Email, okay. Right. So we've done emails saying, hey, 
you know, here we are, you know, just wanted to say hi, give us a couple months. Cause we were talking about like wanting to talk with them, maybe interview somebody. And they're like, give us, you know, let us get settled in a little bit more. Cause we contacted them like the day of, or the day after the announcement, mm-hmm. they wanted to get settled in. And what I wanted to do was just have like an introductory call. So we set up a zoom. Um, there was five of us, myself, and then it was the new owners, which are Adam, Jeff, and Joe, and then uh, Richard, which is um, you know Retro Fifty One's long, long time designer. That's who I work with the most is Richard mm-hmm. when I'm working on a product, or if I have questions or, or need something. Um, so we all uh, we all got on a Zoom. I don't know a week ago or so, and I had no expectations going in. Like this, like I said, this wasn't an interview. This wasn't anything but uh, hey. This is who we are. This is what we're doing. Kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. It's getting to know you session. And I thought it went really well. They are definitely all in on this. I felt like my big, my curiosity is, and I think a lot of, for a lot of people is what's going to change, right? New owners. Let's see. You know, are they going to change things? And the the feeling I got from talking to them is that there will be almost no change in what the outside world knows as Retro 51 is the feeling I got. They wanted to be a steward of the brand, right, of the existing brand and see it forward to continue being what it is right now and then continue that on. Not, you know, put their own stamp on it, right? Not say, hey... We're Adam, Jeff, and Joe, and this is our version of Retro 51. They want to take Retro 51 as it is, continue it on, continue um, the successes that they've had. Um, you know, one of the things they had, they mentioned, which, you know, they didn't have any control of the number of launches last year, and they know that was far, far too much. So I think we'll see a more normal Retro 51 cycle going forward. I it hope kind of seemed right? like um, they were clearing out the old business, right? Like yeah. The previous clearing owners. the ledger. Settling all family business, as they would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. So now I think they're in the position to move forward. You know, I think we'll see some work on some of the existing popular lineups that they have. Um, You know, I was, I've done a Retro 51 Panatic model for, what, four years in a row now? I think, and I was thinking about just skipping this year, number one, because I'm busy, and number two, I was like wanting to see, let's just see how this goes, right? And now I'm more leaning back to, well, I've got a good idea for a pen that I want to make, so maybe I will work on that this year. So we'll see, but anyway. Well, so when they're talking about the number of launches, are we talking overall, all the launches from Retro 51, or what, like... Is is there a difference? I, I might be missing your question. Well, yeah, because like you doing a oh, retro fifty one, oh, yeah, sure, is super sure, sure, different sure, sure. To like them doing yeah. one or no f- from retro fifty one. Okay, I think those are two separate things. I see okay. what you're saying. Yes. So they're not yeah, going like, to like necessarily slow down on the store exclusives. The the influencer pens, all that kind of stuff, is probably going to remain. We'll take the, whatever business seems right, but when it comes down to like here's a new one that we've got and it's at multiple places. That's what they're going to maybe calm down on. I think that's a fair reading of the situation. Okay. I mean, the thing is though, like it is difficult to tell from the outside sometimes, like the difference between them. 
mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. Like, it's hard to work out like which one is a Retro Fifty One model and which one is like the Gold Spot model, the Penchelay model. You know, like sometimes totally. it can be hard to to pin that down. Yeah, I agree with that. So it wasn't mentioned specifically that there was like a, a separation of that. My gut tells me more the the stock versions um, of the releases. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see if the custom versions get metered at all. Like, I don't know. I didn't ask that specifically, but that's, that's actually a good question I should follow up on. So I think that's that, that's fair, right? Do we, at what point do we turn away or at least hold or delay some of the business Mm. just to ensure that the overall brand itself is healthy, right? Right, but then there's like the other question of if they're all selling out every time, then what's the harm? Right, right. That's the balance. That's the difficult balance to strike. It is. Did you ask them why they're called poppers? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I noticed this like on their account that they they said like we got popper releases and I just have never gotten my head around to this that day name. I'm thoroughly confused on that whole situation. It doesn't <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe they yeah. should just have like poppers and twisters but they don't make the poppers anymore which was the retractable ones like the click retractable ones. Click ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. Their clicks were always a little rattly so I'm I'm okay with that. I think they were using the uh, the Schmidt system. That's why I would I would wager because I, wager. I used a version of the Mark One mm-hmm. with that system. Yeah, and it was also not nice yeah. to use, which yeah. is why Tom and Dan went down the Vision Quest that they did to design <laughs> and custom manufacture their own knock for the Mark One, which is I think the pen's major selling point. And that's why yeah. it took so long to make because the one that Schmidt makes for the refill is it kind of sucks. Yeah, I think everyone who's gone down that path and like takes the making of pens seriously has has been either scrapped that in the beginning or is one and done, saying no, that's really not the best solution. Mm-hmm. Let's roll our own. So that's mm-hmm. good. Uh, while we were on Retro Fifty One, though, actually, I did see a store edition which I just thought was beautiful, which was the Gold Spot one. They have an avocado. Hmm edition and it is really just like simple but beautiful yeah i i agree like this i the the nickel plated or what is this i don't know what they call this the darker pewter or nickel um it looks great i honestly when they the lead image of this i thought it was going to be an april fool's joke because it's it's just a pen pen. and an avocado yeah i don't really know why they've done that (laughs) why that's the first image but such is life i suppose and I was like, oh, it's real, and it's actually really sharp looking. So yeah. it's really good. They did a whole set of gradient ones earlier, or late last year. I'm actually giving one away on penaddict.com this week. Um, I think they're really neat. I like the gradient color ideas. Also, doing ombre. that keeps them ombre, the ombre series. Yeah. Ombre like series. Is it ombre or ombre? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's ombre. But I don't know. Uh, chat will let us know. But anyway... Um, cool series and those if you do that that keeps the price point lower right so you can these are the more not the starter because you can still get tornado lacquers for cheaper but like if you're getting into store um store brands and things this is like a better price point than once you start getting like the serious artwork and stuff like that you get up into the 50 dollars range which is still really really good all right should we take a first break let's do it 
All right, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Harry's. You know Harry's. Brad loves Harry's, and we're going to hear from him in a minute. Because, look, you shouldn't have to choose between having a great shave experience and having to pay a fair price for it. Harry's doesn't want you to have to make that choice, so they give you both. Harry's delivers a close, comfortable shave at a great price, which is still as low as $2 per refill. And for a limited time, Harry's is offering their starter set, plus a free travel size body wash at harrys.com slash penaddict, just for listeners of this show. Harry's is a young brand, but they've embraced centuries of blade-making tradition. They bought a German razor blade factory that has been making their own blades for over 100 years. These craftspeople grind strong steel into a gothic arch shape, creating a blade that is as strong at the base and sharp at the tip. Harry's believes in no gimmicks or unnecessary features, so they did their design team combined the, the parts that you really want, the essential parts, a good weighted ergonomic handle with a textured grip and a flexible hinge. It's a smart, simple razor designed for delivering a close shave along every contour of your face. Harry's has their fair price, like this is what they believe in. That So owning their means of production and using only the most crucial features allows them to keep their prices as low as $2 per refill. They don't add in the stuff that you don't want, and they also stand behind the quality of their blades with a 100% money-back guarantee. Brad, can you tell our listeners a little bit about Harry's? Have you ever been to the beach, Mike? I have. So I was at the beach this week, and mm-hmm. you know, you go out, it's it's sunny, it's warm, um, you know, the wind's blowing, so your neck tends to, you know, be a little, can get a little crispy from the sun, can get a little, you know, a little, a little dirty, you know, let's, let's be honest, and you go home, you know, for the evening, and you want to, you want to clean up that neck, and you're like, man, this is going to be terrible, like, I've got sun, I'm sunburned, I'm filthy, and I'm going to hate shaving when I get home from the beach, but not with Harry's Mike. The gothic arch, let me just tell you, the gothic arch after a sunburn and a beach trip just glides so smoothly. Um, And the Harry's shave gel, shave cream that I use, it just makes for the perfect shaving experience no matter, you know, no matter the events that took place on the beach, Mike, I can just, uh, I know that Harry's is going to take care of me when I need to look my best. How could you hear that and not want to try it out for yourself? Well, Harry's have an exclusive offer for listeners of this show. You can get uh, their Harry's starter set and body wash right now at harrys.com slash penaddict. This is for all new customers. You'll get a five-blade razor, weighted Truman handle, foaming shave gel, travel blade cover, and that travel size body wash, so you have even more to try out. There has never been a better time to try Harry's. Go to harrys.com slash penaddict to redeem your offer today for new customers. Our thanks to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I want to hit up a few new products in this section of the podcast. One we've discussed um, on our own that yeah, came we out had afterwards. Little, we had a little text about, texty chat about <laughs> this because it was impossible to not talk about it immediately. When it yeah, but we're going we're gonna to save that for a second. Mm-hmm. We're going to save that for a second because I want to give a shout out to Doan Paper and Chad Doan's new collaboration with Foxtrot Studio. I've always, Chad and I have always 
gotten along perfectly from a visual design mm-hmm. and product creation perspective, right? Like I would just trust Chad blindly if I needed a thing and said, Chad, will you make me this thing and not give him any details? I know it would come out exactly how I, I want because Chad and I like think the same about these kind of things. So seeing this Foxtrot studio collaboration, like I'm just, they look great, right? So Foxtrot is uh, tone papers based out of Kansas city. And um, Foxtrot's a local um, uh, leather goods and accessories maker. So um, Dome Paper collaborated to make a notebook cover and pen holster, and they used the natural leather, right? The kind of the untanned or undyed leather. Beautiful color. Really good looking color. Right, those are those are the ones that age like exceptionally well. Like you get brown leather stuff, and it it like you see the wear and the age on these, but these really take over all of the all of the colors that you you want to see in a broken in leather goods product. But my favorite is the three hole binder pouch because I I just love a good basic pouch. Right, they, that that's my kind of thing, and even though I don't own a three-hole binder, right? This is a throwback to those school days where you had your three-hole binder and you had a little pencil pouch in in the front of your binder and, you know, just kind of had an all-in-one type of situation going. It's a throwback to that in the design. But the way these are put together, um, it's just really cool. And this one is denim. And I've got one, I think the first one he did was with a brand called Winter Session. I tried to find a picture online. I'm going to have to go take a picture of it. I could not even find a picture of the one that I own online anymore. So they've gone through a few series of these. Like there's some other winter sessions out there you can find, but the one that I have is different than any of the ones I've seen online. So I want to take a picture of it and share it. But it's one of my favorite pouches to use. It carries like my tier one pencils, right? Like my, all my, if I'm looking for like a Blackwing 602 or a Caran d'Ache um, Stinkwood, or a Tombow Mono 100, or like any of like my top tier of pens, they go in this pouch with a couple of sharpeners. And like if I'm getting in, in a real pencil mood, I'll just grab this pouch. So I've used this for years. I highly, highly recommend them. And um, I, they're just cool. It's one of those cool products that I just eat up. I don't know if I'm going to go order this one because I don't need it. But man, it's pretty cool. I like it a lot. I have so a, highly a, recommend a piece them. of feedback for Chad. Mm-hmm. There's no image of the pouch in a binder mm. on the page. Yeah, I want to well, see that's that. That's the thought. I mean, I mean, who who owns a three hole binder? It's the idea, right? It's the oh, it's idea. just it's like it's 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 the nostalgia element that they're selling. Yeah, they, really. it's the it's hipster. Like, there's part actually of it. no holes in the in the holes. They're <laughs> solid. You can't, no, that's just, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I would I would love to see it if in a in a binder. Yeah, so I'm going to take a picture of mine not in a binder because it, mine is all black, heavy canvas, mm-hmm. black patch, gold zipper, mm-hmm. gold uh, rings, which the ones you see from the previous winter session collab, um, there's a burgundy canvas. I think there's a different black canvas with some different stitching, but the one that I have, I couldn't find a picture of, so I want to make sure to share that online since I'm talking about it. Um, I just haven't had a ch- chance yet before recording, but I will do that after recording today. But let's get to the real product we want to talk about, Mike, the Sailor 110th Anniversary mm-hmm. Fountain Pen. Um, this came out, I think, probably the afternoon 
after we recorded last week, it seemed like it was almost immediate, right? Yeah, I think so. So we, of course, you know, started texting each other back and forth. OMG, did you see this? What are your thoughts? Mike and I do this game where we don't immediately say what we believe or what we feel about a product, right? Because it's like this podcast thing, right? We kind of want to, we don't want to lead the witness. Yeah. I don't, when I, we're talking I wanna, about, I want to see what you're feeling. I don't want, uh, I don't want to influence it in any way. Yeah. And same here. Right. So we kind of like beat around the bush saying what we like, what we dislike. And then, and, and then in the end we both say, just kind of generally we get there, right? Like, oh, I really love it, or oh, I can't stand this, this is terrible, whatever. What did you think about this pen? I mean, it's absolutely unbelievably stunning. Yeah, and I, I agree 100%. I love every part of the design, and it's nothing like a sailor. It doesn't look like a sailor pen at all. Like, So they have three, they have three versions of this pen, and I think they're all limited to 110 units, and mm-hmm. they vary quite significantly. Sorry, 1,100 units. Yes, is there's the, one yes, that's 100 okay. and one that's 1,100. Yeah, there's one, the one of two, them, which two. is the mega, mega, mega expensive one. There's mm-hmm. 110 of them. And then there are two versions where they have 1,100 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that there is 110 of, isn't that the like, it's multiple tens of thousands how much uh, is no, that? So I think it's like fifty five hundred US, okay. like yeah, five thousand dollars. Yes, you're um, right. Because it's got a gold, basically, it's got a gold belly band, and it's mm-hmm. it's not a it's not like a little thin line. It's like an inch wide strip of gold. And then the other ones are like a thousand dollars or something. Yeah, uh, I think a little over a thousand. And they don't look like sailor pens at all. Which is not even so remotely intriguing, but there's something about it which is very nautical to me. Like they kind of look like pipes or something, like on a ship. And then they also have this um, new kind of what they're calling a lid plug. Uh, <laughs> it's a great. At least that's name. how it's how it's translated. It's probably yeah. a better Go- better thing to say. Yeah, remember Google Translate. <laughs> Google, I've forgotten that because Google translates automatically, so sometimes I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like a new finial, basically. I mean, and it's an the, accurate description. Yeah, and the two different models have them have it done slightly differently. Uh, the more expensive one, the 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 sailor logo is kind of suspended in this like acrylic disc, and on the other ones, the acrylic disc sits on top of the sailor logo, mm-hmm. and it's very like porthole kind of look yes. to me. Um, all I'm going to say is I would personally would be really intrigued for if this is the beginning of a new sailor design language. Mm-hmm. Historically, it's not going to be mm-hmm. um, based on their previous five-year anniversary releases, right? Mm-hmm. The I have the 105th which was the black and blue striped ebonite. And it's this longer shape. It's kind of not really a king of pen. It's got some different tapers and some different angles in it. And I've never seen anything like it since. Um, 
So I think they use this as their playground. And I, w- I agree with you that I would like to see it. I don't know that history dictates that we will. But the times um, are different, though. Which times is... are different, right? New owner, right? Yeah. So I mean, and they, they already you... like rebranded as well, kind of, right? They remade right. their logo. So right. they made a swirl. Mm-hmm. They made a swirled Ebonite King of Pen this past year. Yeah. Or I don't know if that was earlier this year or late last year. The um, orange or black one, really, really beautiful pen, still in the King of Pen shape. But this shape is very different, right? A um, couple of things. One, I think you're spot on. This is a very nautical feeling pen mm-hmm. with just the shape. I don't know why, right? I'm with I mean, you. I can't say why. It, it also like I'm not a sailor. Like a um, telescope to me as well. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder how the grip section feels because there's a pretty good taper on it. Like this is one I'd want to try if I was interested. Like I'm not interested in buying there's this whatsoever. There's a bit whatsoever. of a step as well, there's which a pretty is good, quite aggressive from the body pretty, to the grip. Pretty good barrel step there. Yeah. Um, but it depends. also depends on the size of the pin. Like how big is this pin? Like the 105th that I have is a large, large pin. Um, bigger than king of pin. Um, the finial, hundred and sixty-three millimeters. So, so sixteen centimeters. So what's that in inches? So five to five and a quarter, or five and a half is like a standard length. Yeah, about six point two inches. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty. It's pretty. It's a big pen. Mm-hmm. Um, which they're gonna make like this limited edition. They're gonna make it make it big. The finial is definitely a love hate thing. Right, I'm with you. Where I, I love it. I yeah. love both styles, like the floating anchor on the expensive end, really, the expensive oh one, gosh, or yeah, or the flat um, gold anchor on the other one. I'm I'm good with either one. Like I've already liked the Sailor Lighthouse look. Right, that um, clear clear ends on the pen. So mm-hmm. this is a different take on that. What I really like is I don't know what you want to call it. The the ring around the top, like just under the finial, mm-hmm. like the way it pokes out, like it's a it's, roll stop. It's not a roll. Is it a roll stop? Yeah, they, I don't know they that talk it would about stop it anything the, on the product page. That it, it's a it's a roll stop. I like that design. Yeah. I could go. I could see. Give me the traditional flat anchor finial with that roll stop in like like a pro gear, right? With that type of this type of design. Um, well, what they loot. say, like the translation says that it protects the clipless body as a detent, which I just assume that okay. means it's a roll stop, right? Like, Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if this starts going, it's going to go. It's like, going to go because these, these look pretty anything. heavy too. So yeah. like that, the, the momentum of this thing would be pretty significant. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a rest stop, not a roll stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, if it's, it gets going, it's going to go. But um, overall, I'm 100% with you. I think this is a great design. I would like to see even a small feature of this pen make it into other pens. Like the the nib design is new, right? Yeah. Just the, the they don't have all the scroll work. It's a it's a simpler but neat nib. You know, it's got the hundred and tenth stamping on it and things like that. The new logo works well in the sizes that it shows up on the pen. Um, I was a little concerned. In general, I think the the sailor word mark is a little weird still, but the anchor I think works great. Mm. Um, and then there's an ink, Mike. So the sailor blue dawn ink with this, it's 
I don't know that you'd call it a blue black. It's definitely oceany. Um, it's very, very, very pretty. So yeah, I love looking. it. Let me just say, I mean, we spent a lot of time, even in the past few weeks, again, like dragging some companies for their anniversary mm-hmm. editions and special editions. Mm-hmm. Sailor know how to do this. Yeah, like this the, is they, so good. This is one of those areas. Well, I always talk about execution, right? Yep. And this is one of those areas where they always execute very, very well. Because another company would have just made the five thousand dollar version, mm-hmm. but they have also made a one thousand dollar version, which is still mega expensive. It's outside of the range mm-hmm. that I would want to spend, but it's mm-hmm. still more attainable than the five thousand dollar version. So for the people, right. the true like mega mega fans that do want one, well, there are two thousand of these that they're making that people can pick up, and uh, like and I appreciate that rather than saying, all right, we've made a hundred of these and they're five grand each, which I feel right. like is something we would see more from, say, a pilot. It's actually the <laughs> exact thing we saw from them, right, with their one yeah. hundredth, where they made this beautiful pen set. And you could only spend, you know, you had to spend tens of thousands of dollars to get one or that was <laughs> well, it for you. Well, let's be fair. There were two tiers. The problem, the second tier was still insane. Yeah. Was, was, the uh, second yeah. tier was still like five grand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, I'm with you. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. I, uh, good job by Sailor. Like, I, you I'm know, <sighs> talk about like, there's always something that's. You know, we get we get ragged on for talking about Sailor all the time, but they're always up to something that's yeah, we'll, worth talking we'll stop, about, in my we'll opinion. We'll do you a deal. We'll stop talking about Sailor when they stop doing interesting things. Until that yeah. point, uh, we're going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't mean interesting good, because we'll, we'll talk bad about them just as, just as much. Because there's so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so much. All right, Mike. Speaking of expensive pens, I've got a problem. Okay. So we had this weird conversation with my wife on vacation can't remember if it was we were i don't think we were driving home i think we were like driving back from the beach one day and you know i always like i'm one of those like i, I kind of she knows when i'm in a good mood and a bad mood i kind of wear it on my sleeve a little bit and i was a little bit you know there's things going on whatever and um you know i was just kind of quiet and she's she just out of the blue she goes depends still make you happy oh and I'm like, well, yeah, because we it was we weren't doing I wasn't grumpy about anything work related, you know, just family stuff, whatever. Yeah. She's like, depends still make you happy. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, she's like, well, maybe you should buy a pen because this is not <laughs> I didn't I I thought this was gonna be like a work life balance talk kind of thing, but she was actually like trying to pet me up, but yeah. it kind of caught Tr- me treat off guard. Yourself, <laughs> yeah. Basically. She was like, she's like, have you bought many pens recently? I was like, you know, I bought some, but nothing really or anything. She's like, well, maybe you should buy one, right? You know, give you make you give make you in a good mood or mm-hmm. or do something. I was like, that was that was very sweet. That's a nice <laughs> like, thing. Yeah. yeah, it was. This was not. I did not see that coming from there are, the there initial two, statement. <laughs> there were two avenues where it seemed like this conversation was going, and it didn't go mm-hmm. through either of them, right? Nope, not at all, not at all. Um. Which I should have known because, like, I wasn't grumpy about work or anything. I love my job and, like, everything is going wonderful. But she's like, well, maybe you should buy a pen. Then maybe that'll, does, it, does that make you happy? Will that, you know, will that give you a little, little boost? And I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll do that. So 
there's this pin that I've been following on Instagram, Mike. And I just want to, before I share the name and share the link, I want y'all to know, one, this is a very expensive pin. And two, I am not even close to thinking about buying one yet, but I'm watching them. This is what okay. I do. Like, we're going to spend some time, and the brand is called Toma, T-O-H-M-A. So, like, so the, basically, this was like when you were thinking, I should buy a pen, like your mind mm-hmm. went to what are the I'd things been, that I have been like eyeing up anyway and kind of just yeah. like checking them out. Fair enough. Yeah. So I, I haven't done all my research. Um, this is one of those pens that if I do buy it, it'll be like two years from today, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is, I'm going to take my time, figure out what the brand um, is about, figure about mm-hmm. how they make them, um, save money. Because I think the yeah. cheapest one I've seen is about 1500 Yeah, I'm like, which at, is Yeah, I'm looking at these online now and they seem about that kind of... They're like between $1,500 and $3,000. Yeah. But what they represent is 100% my aesthetic, right? Like, this is a Brad style of pen. Not necessarily the um, the Rodden one, right? That one's not super my style. But the basic ones and the Ebonite ones and the translucent ones. And these are a fully handmade pen, like from yeah. the mechanisms. Um, that you, like you scroll the through there. Fiber one. I don't. I don't like that. Yeah, that wouldn't be that wouldn't yeah. be my move. And I think those are those might be the 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 lower the air quote lower end. They are the cheaper <laughs> ones. Yeah. Yeah, like that one's not my style. The other ones are. But then you like go through their Instagram and they have like these ebonite feeds and you know maybe they like the comments and or the the text from the the ebonite feed post is like hey maybe this can be an avant-garde ink feed so this is like a highly custom one off like if i ordered one it would probably take a year or more to make and it's very expensive but i'm looking like i'm watching so my wife if my wife wanted to know what's got me excited these days and what pen would do the trick it would be one of these but now we start the process. I feel right? like I have a real like love hate relationship already with this logo. It's the lo- it's a hundred percent the logo. Is it Toma? Because the logo. I'm gonna go with Toma. Yeah, but I don't know for sure. Because but- I really like the logo itself. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I like it on the on all of the pens. It's it's kind it's of weird. Very much a statement. Yeah. And I am with this. I lo- I've I love the logo, and here's why: this is such a small batch kind of piece of art that I'm good with the artist wanting you to know. Hey, mm-hmm. Toma, right here. As opposed, if Pilot did this or Sailor did this or Kaveco does this sometimes, I'm more like, oof, like we could choose not to do that on this one. That would be okay if you chose not to do this. I would be fine with that. Yeah. I feel a little bit differently in this situation. I I think it's as a genuine benefit around the fact that the logo is actually cool. Right. Right. If they didn't have a nice looking or like an interesting looking logo, then we'd be in a different, we'd be having a different conversation. It's just, Mm -hmm. because it is so prominent, on the pens it just fits some of them better than others like chris in the in the discord is saying it's very early 2000s retro car kind of Mm -hmm. vibe which i think might make sense for them aesthetically considering they have a bunch of carbon fiber 
uh, pens. Like that might be an, an aesthetic of theirs that they're actually going for. Right. Now, I have literally never heard of this company ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Uh, is that expected? Yeah, totally. Like okay. I, they just came on my radar probably in the last six months. I think people sharing their pictures um, and, and just seeing some of the uniqueness. I think the first ones I saw were some of the carbon fiber ones, like because they have a more of a racing stripe feel to them. Like they they look like they kind of go together. Mm-hmm. They photograph very well, but then I got into it and saw some of the uh, ebonite ones and saw some of the, like it's you know a lot of it's ebonite narushi like like these can these can get up in in, in the price, but I am kind of fascinated by them right now. So this is this is a situation I'm monitoring. Mm. Um, like when I did that Fun. with the Nakaya, it took me almost two years to to like pull the trigger. Right, you gotta do your research, save your money, figure out what you know what model you know do you like and things like that so something i'm watching guessing um, the likelihood of you trying to see one of these in person is very slim maybe tokyo 2022 oh don't don't even it just i'm too excited about the prospect of that trip to even think (laughs) that would be my time frame right to give me the time for the research and the setup and all that so are they based? Saving of I mean, money. I mean, I, I'd assumed that they were based in Japan. Yeah, it's a good question. I I don't a hundred percent know. Okay. So anyway, I just this whole this this topic came from a weird place, <laughs> but it was kind of kind of fun, and it's some th- something I've been thinking about. Is you know, have I bought a pen for me recently? And mm-hmm. I probably have, but like nothing that's like totally sticking out. So well, let me see if I can help you with that, Brad. Maybe Ooh, you can buy right. something a little bit more immediate mm-hmm. by going to our friends over at Pen Chalet because they have what you're looking for, Brad Dowdy. They nice. have. Fountain pens, rollables, ballpoints, mechanical pencils. They have inks. They have carrying cases, refills, fountain pen converters. They have all the products you're going to want and all the accessories to go with them from so many brands, too many to name. And it's adding new stuff all the time. It's one of the things that I love about Pen Chalet. Every time I go there, I'm finding new products that I haven't seen before, new releases from my favorite brands and new products from brands that are new to me. So there's always something to check out and they're always doing great discounts as well. Every couple of weeks, you're going to find some kind of special deal, some set of sales over at Pen Chalet, let alone the special offers that we have just for Pen Addict listeners. Pen Chalet sell internationally. Now, they're great. they have great shipping rates, but if you're in the US, they do free shipping on orders of over $50. I mean, that's, and that's easy to get over $50, surely. Pen Chalet has low prices on high-quality pens, and they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So, go right now to penchalet.com. That's P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. And there's a link at the top of the website. It says podcast. If you click that, use the password penaddict, and you will get a code that you need to save 10% on anything at any time at Penchalet, as well as getting to see a selection of offers just for penaddict listeners. What's uh, catching your eye? I can't get over how good these cross ATX fountain pens look. We mentioned them a couple weeks ago when Penchalet sponsored. I'm kind of shocked in a good way at just how nice this pen looks. The reviews have been good on them, and the price is kind of like if you're into like Twisbees, you would be into this pen, and it's going to give you a different, like really sharp and clean 
writing experience. I don't know. I'm just generally impressed with what Cross has done recently. I haven't pulled the trigger myself, but every time I see him now, I just kind of stop and go, huh, really? Cross? You're like, okay, like I'm in, you know, like <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome to the fold, Cross. So I think that looks pretty sharp. I'm also interested in the Pilot Knight ballpoint pen from this perspective. What refill does this take? So that's will take a little bit of research. But if you can fit even a like a G2 in here, they're saying mm-hmm. this is a ballpoint pen, depending on the refill. Like Pilot's ballpoint refills are fine, but as pen addicts, we always we always like a nice barrel where we can manipulate the refills in them. Yeah. For the price that this pen is, to be able to manipulate your refill in it and use this as a platform, mm-hmm. it's com- it's just it's dirt cheap like it is for a upgrade barrel page says it is a proprietary refill and it's a twist pen so you you might struggle to find a replacement depending if they build this twist mechanism into the refill so what's funny is pilot has a few proprietary refills and then a few kind of universal refills which is so strange to me so yeah so maybe maybe it's only the pilot one but i i would like to look at that further and see what the shape of that is when i read it and when you said it pilot night i was thinking myself holy night like <laughs> it's just very all is calm all is bright uh there's a great deal here can we on edit some pack. of this podcast do you know i mean surely somebody okay. could uh right. but we only edit out the bad stuff and uh mm-hmm. that was classic so i don't okay. know what you're okay. talking about well it's funny what you're about to say was the next thing i was going to say so you do it pilot roshizuku three pack for a just astounding price i love pilot yeah. roshizuku inks um, yeah, and I think that uh, just a three pack as a trial, they're like the 50 milliliter bottles for this price. Mm-hmm. If you've never tried yep. them before, I really recommend just like throwing that into a car. It's just an absurd price for 45 <laughs> milliliters of great ink. It's pri- it's like gift with purchase pricing <laughs> is what it is. So it's fantastic. So yeah, um, man, gosh, these cross. Star Wars rollerballs too. Okay, That's get me be- out of here. That Darth Vader one is better than anything that they've done so far. <laughs> I think, like that's like I mean, a, that's like a le- that's pretty legit looking. I think that one. Yeah. What are the? There's a name for this this pen. Um, it's it's like the the snap barrel um mechanism yeah. that they use where it's you like a short pull it long, apart, don't you? And it yeah, goes it's like a short it. long pen. It's great. It is a funny pen that one. Uh, right, go to penchalet.com, podcast link at the top of the website, and use the password penaddict to see these special offers and get the 10% code to save at Penchalet. Our thanks to Penchalet for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. Let's hit some ass TPA. I think it's Sounds been good. a week or two. We got, to, we got some catching up to do. All right, this one's a bit of a story that ends in a question. This comes from Brody. Brody says, my question is about collecting and solving for X. So let me explain what this means. I tend to buy tons of gear so that I can learn all about it, how it works, and what the variables are. But after a while, I settle in on a few things that work best for me, but I'm left with a mountainous stockpile of past purchases. For example, I own roughly 60 fountain pens, but regularly use only three. I have hundreds of pocket notebooks, but now exclusively carry a Circa Jotlet 3x5 disc-bound pad, in my back pocket. Why is it so hard to let go of all of my other stuff? I give some away because that brings me joy, but mostly I can't bring myself to purge. This is especially true for any items where I got a screaming bargain. 
Another thought that runs through my brain is that I had such fun trying all these different options, getting to the solution. Perhaps later on, I'll want to rotate back through. Maybe I haven't solved anything. Maybe the fun is in changing the experience regularly, so life is more fun. How do you two identify what is stationary hoarding and what is maintaining a practical stash? I have reverse FOMO. I have fear of letting go. Great question, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, I think we all have this. I have this. This is probably one of my main... We're going to go with issue. I'm just going to go straight up. One of I my mean, main I, issues. I have a very simple answer for myself. Okay, you got me. Right. So I have this exact thing, right? This is kind of like two two kind of answers to this problem. I have like a, uh, you know, I have like two basic, what will all be, might as well just be large boxes. One has pens in, one has notebooks in, and it's stuff that I don't use and will probably never use because I've since moved on and moved up and found the things that I love the most. You know, like my, the paper that I use is pretty limited. I use like two or three types of books now and they're just the same ones and I just, keep using those and my pens i've whittled them down to maybe a collection of like 40 or 50 and out of the what i probably have i don't know another three figure number of stuff that i've tried that's stored somewhere over the last decade right Mm -hmm. and so i've kind of found that collection like that i've refined my collection down to my favorites and that's the stuff that i like to use and i experiment and there's enough room i think for experimentation within that collection but the rest of it is just laziness because all right so i've got a few things that i can do i can throw them away but that's wasteful right I can give them away, and I do that every now and then, but there's only so much you can give away to people. Or I can sell them. And the thing about selling is, it's just a lot of aggravation. Because, like, you need to work out a way to sell it. And once you've done that, you are, like, beholden to the person having the right experience on the other side, that it works for them, that they know what they're buying. You know what I mean? And it's just like yeah. for something that where a lot of this stuff, there isn't a lot of resale value left on them. You know, like it might have been a 50 60 $70 pen I bought five years ago, you know, and it's now secondhand and has been unused for years. Like if the property doesn't hold that much value, how much aggravation do I want to go through trying to get rid of that? So that is why I end up with this big collection of pens in the 10 to 150 dollar range because i don't really know what else to do with them rather than just keep them and every now and then appreciate that i have this collection and look back through it nostalgically Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with almost everything you said there it's it's sometimes like the the effort to do it is (laughs) it's not worth it and you know i'll tend to do it in batches when i do do it it's you know hasn't been more than like once a year but like i might grab like 20 um you know pens or so and do them as a batch where i commit to okay sorting out that these are the pens that i want to sell the only thing i have done this with is my field notes yeah so i uh well adina has for me sold off all of my unopened packs Mm -hmm. so we just put them all on ebay and they're all gone like so now all i have left is the packs that i've opened Yep. Um, I I just think I think you some days you just have to just like rip off the band aid and do it though because you end up in this situation. 
you know, that Brody's talking about. And the hardest part is deciding what to keep and what to let go. And I tend to just let that happen naturally by how much I use something, right? No matter if, like Brody's saying, oh, well, I got this for a really good deal. Like, I should keep it. Well, that's honestly not, that's not a good reason to keep something, right? The best reason to keep something is it means something to you um, or you use it frequently enough to keep it. Everything mm-hmm. else needs to go, and I'm mm-hmm. super guilty of not making everything else go, and I need to. So the one thing I can tell you that I've learned from a couple of sales that I've done is I've never regretted selling a pen. Like, I've never gone back and said, oh, I wish I had this pen back. Mm-hmm. You know, or, oh, I miss this, or, oh, uh, I'll start, oh, where was that pen that I liked and go look for it and then realize that I sold it? That has never, ever happened. So it's worth the effort in my book to go through, you know, pick a day, pick a Saturday afternoon, sit down and sort these things out. Um, and go ahead and sell them because now you'll have some funds in your, in your pen fund to pick up the next thing because there's always going to be something new. That's, you know, that's where our FOMO gets us before we get to, what is it? Uh, Folg. Folg Folg. doesn't really, Folg doesn't really roll off the tongue, um, as much, but yeah, that's the fear of letting go. My, I always justify things was like, well, I can use this as a reference product for reviews and I can, you know, oh, it's got this, you know, different material or this strange thing with its filling system that I should just keep handy. And I, I never compare, never use those for comparisons. Hmm. So you got to take, take the opportunity to, to clean house. Um, Once a year is enough, you know, just do it, run through, make it an event get rid of the stuff and I promise you you're not going to miss it. I uh I would I would have thought and I kind of would suggest would have sorry would have would have considered that you would keep on to stuff for that reason, you know, of mm-hmm. being able to mm-hmm. compare stuff. And I'm I'm sure that there is There's some products that 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 are worth holding on to purely for that reason, but mm-hmm. as you're right as you say, not all of them. Yeah, like I have a Mont Blanc 149, right? It's the it's the big, you know, kind of landmark classic Mont Blanc pen. I just never use it because it's not my style. Mm-hmm. But I keep it because, well, we've used that to measure um, slots in Notco pen cases, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a very, very large pen. It's going to cover like nine. If you can fit this, you can fit 90% of the other pens. I keep it because of the nib and the look and the style to compare it to other, you know, pens. And I'm sure and for, I, for I photos keep it to, and stuff, for measurements, yeah. Like, to, to give people an accurate representation, like, from an mm-hmm. image perspective of how big a pen is or how big a case is by comparing it to exactly. one of the gold standards. So that's a pen I never use that I'd be happy to sell, but I keep mm-hmm. it because of reference purposes. But then there's been plenty of other ones that I've 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 sold because of that, so... Ewing asks, why do our most respected pen companies make absolutely atrocious converters? Pilot ones are very difficult to get a full fill. Sailor converters feel cheap and make me want to cry every time I fill them. Why can't they take a page out of the standard international converter book and make something that works and feels good to use? 
<laughs> are those even good? <laughs> like standard international is better in in my opinion. I don't know if the... I've ever really come across or used something that I thought was that great. Yeah, that all all converters are terrible, but we all love converters because of the convenience. So we end up putting up with them. Well, we you know, love converters because we want to use our own inks. You know, true. I mean, and they're essentially you got to treat them as disposable items. You know, unfortunately, they're about eight bucks each, like for Sailor, which is just asinine, which makes the worst converter and charges the most. But they're just garbage. <laughs> I don't know why. There's not a better option. I'm sure that these companies have looked into it and researched it. Like one of the things that always gets me is how small the amount of ink is you can put in them sometimes and how yep. physically large the converter is. And I just <laughs> wonder, like, why do I need so much like area to put my fingers onto to grip? Like it yeah. just feels like it's like a third of the size of the converter sometimes. It's like I don't understand yeah. what's going on here. I yeah, I agree with you there. Like, it does that part need to be that long? Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of lot of chat in the, in the chat rooms that, you know, the companies want to make sure they fit their old pins, you know? Like, do we have to keep making the moder- a modern item to fit, you know, people who bought their pins 20, 30, 40 years ago and <sighs> still fit and things like that? So there's n- we're not seeing the innovation in the converter space. Um, Honestly, I think so, if that's the reason, it's a bad reason. Like you can make I two different ones. They're cheap, cheap parts. You know. I agree, but you're like the historical companies are never gonna agree to that, right? Pilot is never gonna turn off that customer base, right? No, but they can still make the old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I don't make know. A it's new it's a it's a bad product that's necessary. So I just treat them as disposable. And when one makes me mad, like I'll get some platinum ones that don't um, that don't twist well anymore, and I'll get so angry, but I'll just end up chunking them and using another one. And then when I need, if I if I run out somehow, which I never will, I'll just buy another one. But they're, they're just bad. They're just <laughs> there's nothing good about converters except ease of use, right? And so mm-hmm. your other option is companies to never make converters. And only make piston fillers and charge five hundred dollars for all their pens. So yeah, or yeah, just it's... cartridges, and the cartridges are all proprietary, and you can only use the inks of the companies that make the pens. Yeah, yep. So there you go. Yeah, it's uh, there's no good answer to this. They all suck. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. How did you choose which internet service provider you were going to go with? The sad thing is so many people don't have any choice because ISPs have tons of control in the regions that they serve. Then they use this control to take advantage of customers. They can put data caps in, they can put streaming throttles in, all that kind of stuff. The price can be too high. But worst of all, many ISPs can log your internet activity and sell that data for advertising to other companies. So you could protect your devices like I protect mine with ExpressVPN. This means that ISPs wouldn't be able to see your internet activity. So what is ExpressVPN? Well, it's a simple app for your computer or smartphone. It encrypts all of your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server so that your activity stays your activity. Just think about how much of your life is on the internet. Every website you visit or video you watch, anything could be, all this data can be collected up about you without your permission. That's the reason why I use ExpressVPN. It's one of the many reasons I use ExpressVPN, actually. Like, I also use it for, like... So I have this issue all the time 
where I'm trying to read an article on from an American publication and I go to the website and like, oh, you're you're in like Europe, so yeah. you can't come to our website. No, no, no. So then I fire up ExpressVPN. Uh, so like you do, you just download the app, tap one button on your device and you're protected. But you can also say, hey, tell the web that I'm in a different place so I can set my location to the US and then I can v- read that content. So simple, it's really easy to do. And ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection which is one of the many reasons why it is rated the number one VPN service by CNET Wired and many more. So stop handing over your data to ISPs and other companies who want to profit from your information. Protect yourself with the VPN that I trust to keep me private online as well. Go to expressvpn.com slash penaddict. That's expressvpn.com slash penaddict. And you can get three extra months for free. One last time, expressvpn.com slash penaddict. Go there to learn more. Our thanks to Express SVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. I right. love this next question. This is from JCG Verboom. Do you have any experience with technical drafting pens? Yes. Okay. And generally, I hate them. Okay. <laughs> right. So, if to to uh, refresh your memory, Mike, these are the like the Koinor rapidographs that you'll see often sold as a set with different nib sizes and they use India ink to refill them and what these are so the technical drafting pen tip is just a tube so there's no ball on the end of the pen to make it roll right so you're just it's it's really just like a straight pipe where the ink flows out of and it's metered by things further up in the. What's the name of the Kohenor product you mentioned? Rapidograph. There's a co- there's a couple di- different brands. Uh, wow. Rotring makes one. Isograph, uh, Kohenor Rapidograph. Mm-hmm. You've certainly seen these. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are extraordinarily finicky. Besides the fact that I I love how they look. I want to use them all the time, but it uses a very wet ink to. As, as it's refill, it's pretty much like India ink. It bleeds like crazy, but some people really, really like them. Um, they are high maintenance. If you think, if you hate cleaning a fountain pen nib, you're going to despise cleaning these. So I have plenty of experience with them. I just, and I've learned that I don't want to use them as much as I want to use them, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? This is everything I should like in a pen, but like, right? what Oh, they, I can get like, a teeny tiny line? What does this mean? Like, what do people use them f- for? Are they, like, for inking, like, comics and stuff? Yeah, inking, okay. technical drawings, things like that. So when you, you don't need, see like, them. a super fine, precise line. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's usually, it's like a permanent ink, right? It's, um... It's going to be like a waterproof permanent type of ink, the, this, this ink that they use. So, but you like can generally only get the ink in black. And uh, there, there's not a lot of flexibility and there's a lot of frustration with these types of pens, despite the idea being amazing. Like I should, this should be like my number one favorite pen, mm-hmm. but the, like just like a Pilot High Tech C 0.25 millimeter pen for $3 is infinitely better than this. Right, but unless you have a like a very specific use case, uh, maybe for filling and, yeah. and coloring and things like that, yeah. yeah, you don't. These are not pens you write with because there's no adjustment for that type of flow. Like you're not gonna. This is not a pen that rolls smoothly across the page, right? So, 
This next question comes from JSTWG, just who says, I am mesmerized by Shone Design's clean lines when the cap is posted. That is, the barrel and the posted cap together look like they came from one piece. Does anyone else use this great style element? Has this never been thought of before? So if you think about it, it's there's not a lot of companies that use a screw post mechanism, right? So that's what Ian... I'm, ass, I'm assuming we're talking about the pocket six and the, the ball points. So the cap screws off and then screws onto the back, right? Something other pocket pins like, um, you know, like Kveco, right? The cap post over the barrel mm-hmm. where the shown design caps on the end of the barrel and it's threaded. So you'll see that in plenty of other designs, but mostly they're solid colors or materials like black aluminum, brass, things like that. Well, they're just thread. Well, Ian's anodization takes it all through the barrel. So it's a common ish thing, right? If, but threads on the back are uncommon just to begin with. Right. So it's, it's been done plenty of times before, unless I'm misunderstanding the question. What what just is, is asking is that when you, cap the pen or when the pen is closed that the design and the the, the like seam is so mm-hmm. clean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and th- I've seen this on other pens the thing is I mean you can correct me if I'm wrong but, but I believe I'm right on this uh, well, actually because I just had a conversation with Tom and Dan about it I'm thoroughly considered because they're kind of putting together the Mark 2 right now mm-hmm. and they're having some similar things where if you say polish a pen or add an anodization to a pen and you have now made a pair between the cap and the body, you have mm-hmm. just made your every single part of the performance process more difficult mm-hmm. because now these two parts they have buddies, yep, you can't make the caps separately from the bodies and assemble them uh it, it, you you've just added like a and b pairings together right and now you're you're like kind of assembly line is much trickier to manage at scale Mm -hmm. right because this is something that they're having where um i recommend people listen to thoroughly considered by the way they don't (laughs) talk to down studio neat every couple of weeks we talk about product design and stuff but they are um having the the parts of the pen polished and then sent off for, um, I can't remember whether they're doing seracoating or anodization, or it's like the PVD thing that they're doing. Yeah, I can't remember on this model. I've, it's just just gone out. It's PVDing. It's PVDing. So they're actually doing both. So silly me. That's why I can't remember because one part is seracoated, one part is PVD, and because they do the polishing first, they have to make sure that all of the parts of the pens go together and. With the way that they're doing it, it's four parts. So they have the top of the pen, like the sleeve, the cap. That then goes on. Then they, it's like they have the very like the finial basically, which you can't take off. But they they put it together so they can put the clip in and it's seamless. So they have those two pieces, and then they have the body of the pen with the part where you unscrew to put the refill in. They have those two pieces, and they polish them together, and then they're seracoated or PVD together. So, like, those, every component of the pen has to be kept together. 
So it's like, yeah. you know, they knew this. Right. I mean, they're smart. They knew what they were doing. They've done this stuff before. So they knew it, it makes it, but it's just this, this stuff just makes it a little bit more tricky because now those two pieces of each part can't get replaced with something else because then the polishing won't line up. Yep. Totally. Like so. we experienced that with, with all the colors we do for Spoke Pen. They have to like match. I have no doubt about that, right? Like, because... I assume there are slight variations in the anodization coloring. Oh, yeah. And got, you, yeah. You've got to keep that together or you're going to end up with customers with mismatched part, like um, yeah. colors, which you don't want. Yeah. I think this question is more just on, along the the shape of the the barrel line with the cap posted. And I really just think it's threaded barrels like, like the Kaviko Lily puts another one. Hmm. Um, I think it's just... Any, it's the screw piece allows for it to be flush because you're not sitting over the barrel. Right. Like the cap's not, there's no ledge there or anything like that. So, well, now we've given all potential answers to that question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm interested about this next question, though. Oh, this is easy. This comes from Bump, good friend of the show. <laughs> what will Mike spend more money on in 2021, pens or keyboards? I mean, this is easy. Both 2020 and 2021, it's going to be keyboards. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, like we were talking earlier about buying stuff and trying it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm still in that part of the yeah. keyboard hobby, right? I'm not in yeah. that phase in pens anymore. <laughs> like, last year, I maybe bought a couple of pens, like Max, and that's the same this year. Like, I just have less coming my way now, you know? Well, you're you're content. Exactly. I, I, it's like I have found the areas that I love, and... I will add to that with new things within those areas, but I do not feel like I need to explore areas of pens anymore. I know what I like because I've spent the last 10 years doing the exploration (laughs) and I'm in the exploration part of keyboards right now. Like I'm still kind of working out like what is my favorite keyboard layout? Like, what type of switches do I like the most? Like I'm still in that formation phase. You know, like I haven't really, I haven't even been like in this hobby for a year yet. Like I'm coming up on it. So it was 2020 was the same, 2021. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, I think I probably already, no, I know I have already spent more in 2021 on keyboards than I spent on 2020 on pens. So. Yep. Yep. That would have, that would have been my guess too. Yeah. Uh, T. Lesher asks, the Pilot Murex M90 is my grail pen, but I wish you'd stop talking about them on the show because I swear every time you do, the auction price goes up by $40 every time you mention it. This, was, this wasn't really a question, but it was a, it was like a, 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 what would you, how would you say, like a, a comment, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I wanted to mention this for two reasons. One, it inspired me to use my M90 today. So sorry, T. Lesher, <laughs> I'm, I'm using mine right now. But it was it made me uh, think. Have, I wanted to know: Have you ever bought a pen on eBay? Yeah, but it's been a while. Like not any time recently. I'm, right. And when I do, it's more of the um, the gel pen, pencil, rollerball, ballpoint style than a fountain pen. Right? Mm-hmm. Things I can get from some of the Japanese sellers that I can't get over here in that market where I know like there's a safety net of, of, of it working and what I'm getting as opposed to a fountain pen. I don't know. I'm trying to think if I've ever bought a fountain pen from eBay and I don't think that I have. I know I've bought, but I've definitely from bought eBay 
And I yes, I bought sir. something once which was mostly a joke, really, which was an old Apple rollable pen. Yeah, I remember which I, that. I still need to, I just haven't gotten around to it, but I need to find a refill to put in that thing one day. It's just like mm-hmm. it's been on my desk and it's just not been a very high priority I, thing. I think was that it might have been a Parker Vector. I think uh, you'd it have was. to show me the picture of it. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I think it was a Parker Vector. So they make those modern, so you should be able to yeah. get one. Yeah, so I mean, I, it's, and because it's one of those things I will, but also whatever I find, I'm I'm not really going to like the refill anyway. So really, I, yeah, I just totally. It was just like a, I kind of it wasn't that expensive, and it just looked really cool, and so I just thought I would I would get it. But I I don't think I've ever bought anything like this, you know, because for me, the types of things that I would want to buy historically, I would mm-hmm. wait and try and find them at a pen show. Exactly right. Because then I can see it and touch it and make sure that it's good and ask mm-hmm. questions about it rather than spending uh, the money on eBay. Yep. Yep. So that's I guess that's a good answer as to why I probably haven't bought a fountain pen uh, via eBay. Because I feel like it's pretty unlikely that there is a pen that I would want that I could get on eBay but couldn't find at a pen shop. Right. I feel like the likelihood of that is pretty slim. Right? That there's something right. out there which is like uh frequent enough that someone would sell it on eBay but then but would not be able to get it on a from from a reseller, from a vintage seller, from anyone on a pen show. I think it'd be pretty strange. Yep. Yep. And like I haven't bought as many of the the standard cheaper, you know, gels and pencils on there because there's a lot more access to those just mm-hmm. in the broader market uh these days where I don't have to do that. So, there you go. But uh Murex M90, sorry about that. We're not going to stop talking about them either. I will say though if you ever find one for a price that is okay for you just do it. Yeah. Yeah, I would. If you can afford it. Mhm. Because it really is stupendous. <laughs> I'm using it today, and it's like, how is it so good? We'll never it understand. Just is. Yep. All right, that is it for this episode of The Pen Addict. If you would like to send in a question for us on a future show, just send out a tweet with the hashtag AskTPA. You can also use question mark AskTPA in the Relay FM members' Discord, or you can email them to hello at penaddict.com. If you want to find Brad online, you can go to penaddict.com, knock.co, spokedesign.com. You can also find Brad um, on Twitch on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern. As we are recording this right now, Brad's been doing something very weird because this is usually his streaming time. So he has been streaming on Twitch his side of the podcast, which I assume <laughs> is a horrible Twitch experience. It's got to be terrible. Keep, you got to keep those. Uh, you got to keep the, the 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 schedule intact, right? That's right. Big fan of the schedule. Um, you can find uh, Brad. He is at Dowdyism on Twitter and Pen Addict on Instagram. I am I Mike. I M Y K E. Um, I recommend you go to cortexmerch.com where you can pick up a theme system journal and we have uh, a notebook product coming very soon. 
I teased it on my Instagram stories today and on the Context Brand Instagram stories as well if you want to see a little bit about that. Uh, and before we go, let me tell you about another show here on Relay FM called Automators. If you want to make your devices do more for you, join David Sparks and Rosemary Orchard at relay.fm slash automators or search for automators wherever you get your podcasts. You're going to find out a bunch of great information about how to make your technology work for you, which is pretty great. Um, thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Pen Addict, and thanks to the fine folks over at ExpressVPN, Pen Chalet, and Harry's for their support of this episode. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>